This week on Thingamabob. You can be in a backyard barbecue, like street food person. Tell me you're anti-union without telling me you're anti-union. <laughs> <laughs> the old Facebook overlords. Stay tuned for more. Baseball bats and gallon cowboy hats and more. Magic rings and other nerdy things in store. Listen on in, it's time for Thingamabob. Better tune in, it's time for Thingamabob. Thingamabob! Well, hello, Bree. Well, hello, Josh. Hello, everybody listening. And welcome to Thingamabob. This week's theme is tech companies. <laughs> Scummy. <laughs> I yeah. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I feel like I don't know what yours is going to be, but like I'm just spoiler alert doing Amazon Day and you hear so many things where you're like, oh, "It's a bad company," but like I am maybe an irresponsible citizen and didn't look further into it. I was just like, ah, oh, yes, Amazon bad, Jeff Bezos bad. But then once you do the research, it's like Oh, oh, no, it's really, it is really quite scummy. Oh, I thought you were going to say the opposite. No. <laughs> no. I thought you were going to be like, when you really do the research, it's like, they're a really well-intentioned company. No, they're not. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know about yours. I can't wait. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, mine is more complicated, but we will get into that. Mm, yes. About Before what, we do, yeah, though, no. yeah? Josh, what's your rose? My rose and my thorn are the same. Oh. And I'm just going to say them both. <laughs> yeah, that. do it. I got my back waxed. That's my <gasps> you rose. Did. You did? I did. <laughs> I went to European Wax Center. She's got money. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten my back waxed once in my <laughs> life. <laughs> and this time was number two. Oh, and it was... A good bad i'm assuming no, both was, because of... well it was lovely because <laughs> my back is just hairless and uh-huh. stunning smooth baby um, butt and back I, I feel got you um but my thorn is the, how much it cost <laughs> how much did it cost well with the tip it cost me 75 dollars <gasps> 75 yeah. for someone to repair off no way why and like if you know me like my back really isn't that hairy it's It's just not it's like mostly just some parts on my shoulder blades Uh um that i'm like a little like that could be gone i just can't (laughs) reach it so of course like if i ever want that gone yeah like jacqueline has waxed my back before (laughs) i know (laughs) um and that was not Seventy-five dollars. No, but even I've I've had my legs waxed before, and it didn't cost seventy-five dollars. And I feel like that's more work slash more wax than a back. I that is a good point. That's good, but I, I think I know. also I got mine done in New York, and there's like a weird juxtaposition where like salon spa services in New York, like getting your nails done and getting waxed, are cheaper than in like smaller, more rural communities. But then, like, restaurants and hair salons are more expensive in New York than they are in, like, smaller towns. It's very weird. Yeah, it's super weird. I don't know. So maybe that's why. I'm fine with it because, like, yeah, it was, like, $63 total, but I Mm -hmm. gave, like, a tip. Yeah. Um, But 
I I haven't done it in two years. <laughs> so I'm like justifying that. Yeah. It's not something I do all the time. Yeah. And it may seem frivolous, but I'm like, I was kind of treating myself to an expensive back waxing. <laughs> we, we all deserve a little, little treat sometimes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I love your inflection on uh, back waxing. Back waxing. Well, That's I'm just great. like, I'm realizing in the moment I'm exposing myself. <laughs> Oh, whatever. You mean I don't really I mean I don't really care about what people like think about me. Yeah. And now it's hairless. So So, in the end. There you go. You're totally fine. What about your rose? (laughs) Um, okay. My rose for this week is that uh I recently purchased something that I don't buy a whole lot. I got some like perfumes that are not they weren't like crazy expensive but they're made by this like really small um like it, it, i didn't get them on etsy but it's the equivalent of like an etsy shop but they make perfumes and they make them like super specific and they have this whole line that's called like the dead writers series and they make perfumes uh that are inspired by like old works of literature which sounds like so i i don't know it sounds What's the word Up I'm trying to say? your alley? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, yes, but there's like a specific word that I can't come to mind. I don't know. Pretentious? There we go. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds really pretentious. But I ordered one called Pemberley that is supposed to smell like Pride and Prejudice, basically. And those came in the mail today, and it does smell like Pride and Prejudice. It smells very good, and I'm very excited about it. And I also got like a little sample of a perfume because if you're not sure about it, they'll send you like a teensy tiny bottle so that you can try it. And that one was called like Witch's Blood or something. And it's supposed to be inspired by the witches from uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. And it smells so crazy and so good. And I was so pleasantly surprised because I just got the little tiny one because the description sounded really weird. And I don't remember what it was otherwise I would tell you but I open up the bottle and it smells like chocolate somehow and also like wine and herbs and it's insane and I love it so is this sponsor it's not I really I really wish it was it's called I'm I am gonna give them a shout out let me check what the actual name of the store is though really quick oh it's not dead riders no that's the name of the um the brand when you first said it, I thought you said dead rider, like oh, like a horseback. No, writers with a T. Okay. The company is called Immortal Perfumes, and they're based out of Seattle, Washington, but they ship nationwide. Um, this is not sponsored, but... <laughs> of course it's based out of Seattle. Yeah. If you want some like really cool, really unique perfumes, um, check them out. They're really cool. Again, not sponsored. I'm just really happy <laughs> With the final product. Yeah. So that's my that's my rose of the week. We'll and, never be able to yeah. be sponsored because we just give people shout outs for free. I know. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll listen. I'll tag them in an Instagram post and be like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey. do it. Um, yeah. And then I don't I don't have a thorn for the week. That's <gasps> it. I've only got my my roses, my new perfume. Your perfume wasn't expensive like my back waxing? It actually wasn't. I mean, it's not huge, but it was only like 35 bucks worth it. And I don't go through perfume very quickly. So 
for me. Great, great price. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Anyways, that's probably that. probably enough about my perfume. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's listen to uh, Amazon and where you can probably order this perfume. You can't. It's not on Amazon. <gasps> That's why it supports small Oops. businesses. Don't order through Amazon. <laughs> support small businesses. Is that the ultimate message you're about it's to give us? The ultimate message. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. F fast fashion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joshua. I'm going to talk about Amazon. But before we can talk about Amazon, I need to tell you just a little bit about Jeff Bezos. And then we're going to go like, right into the website. So... Jeff Bezos was born in New Mexico on January 12th, 1964, so he's a Capricorn, which makes a lot of sense. So when he was a teenager and uh, his family moved to Miami, Jeff found a love for computers at his new school and eventually graduated as the valedictorian of his class. He also started his very first business in high school, an educational summer camp for elementary-aged kids called Dream Institute. So he's a businessman from early on. Um, Bezos then went on to attend Princeton University and graduated summa cum laude in 1986, where he received a degree. (laughs) What? This is too much. (laughs) What? Then he went to Princeton and graduated summa cum laude? And valedictorian of and his va- high I mean, it, he's, it's, listen, you got to be smart to create the sort of, like, world-domineering empire that he has created. Fair. He's Would a very you say smart he's guy. earned his $198 billion? Um, you know what? I would, actually. We'll get, we'll get into <gasps> it. On. But I, I would. <laughs> Anyways, when he was in college, he got degrees in computer science and electrical engineering. So he has sort of a background on working with computers and building internet-related things, which will serve him very well in the future. Can't imagine why. Yeah. Um, So after college, Jeff actually worked several jobs on Wall Street. I like that I'm calling him Jeff, like we're friends. It just feels weird to say Bezos. My good pal Jeff. (laughs) Um, So Jeff worked several jobs on Wall Street, and he eventually uh, became investment firm D.E. Shaw's youngest vice president ever in 1990. But only four years after this, he decided that he wanted to focus on creating something that wasn't yet widely available, an internet market where consumers could shop from home and have their goods delivered straight to their door. So Bezos packed up his life, quit his job, and moved to Seattle. Speaking of Seattle-based companies. <laughs> now, another wait one. a minute. <laughs> wait a minute here. Um, anyways, okay, so <laughs> while trying to figure out what sort of merchandise he wanted his e-commerce store to sell, Bezos and his wife at the time, Mackenzie Tuttle, registered several domain names to cover their bases. They registered awake.com, bookmall.com, browse.com, and relentless.com. Relentless became a favorite of Bezos's, and he still owns the domain today. If you go to relentless.com, it redirects you to Amazon. Because <laughs> he just loved the domain name that much. He couldn't come up with anything else for Relentless.com. I and I mean, I think he like intended for Relentless to be what Amazon is now, but he just liked the name, so he like kept it and it redirects to Amazon. Um, so after trying all of these out, Bezos decided that he actually wanted to go with Kadabra, as in Abracadabra. Uh, but his love- as in the Pokemon. <laughs> sure, yeah, or like the magic. <laughs> the magic word (laughs) Uh, but his lawyer told him that people wouldn't get the reference which I think they would Um, but he also said 
that over the phone, the words sounded too similar to cadaver. Cadabra, cadaver.、Uh, so Jeff kind of took the L on that one, and he decided to go with something else. He eventually stumbled upon the word Amazon and loved the idea that this represented. He had a vision for a company that would one day become the biggest in the world and would serve multiple countries, much like the Amazon River. He decided to sell books at first, but had always planned to expand into selling everything else. <laughs> So the domain name Amazon.com was registered on November first, nineteen ninety four, and Jeff asked three hundred of his closest friends to test the site while it was in beta.、Uh, his parents invested close to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars into his new company. He hired a few employees and began developing software for the site in his garage. So I'm assuming this is what you mean、uh, when you said, "Do you think that he like earned?" His net worth, you know, like did he do it himself because his parents invested money? Is that what you were implying? His parents did invest money. They did, yeah, they absolutely did. But we're go- we're gonna get into like everything that he did <laughs> to build the company. They did one hundred percent get him started, which a lot of people cannot say.、Um, but he did a lot of work, which <laughs> which we'll get into. Which I'm also not also, saying ha- he's a good person because he's not. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. What were you gonna ask? Just how, why everyone has to start like it's a cliche in the garage. <laughs> it totally is. I don't know.、It's、I such guess such a cliche. Microsoft started in the、I、garage. I know. It always starts in a garage. I have no idea. <laughs> But he started in a garage.、So. We started Thingamabob in a garage. No, we didn't. We started in a closet, and we're still here. And that's why we're not Jeff Bezos. That's why, exactly. That's why we're not Jeff Bezos. <laughs> All、Let's、right. Get into the garage. So. On July sixteenth, nineteen ninety-five, Amazon went live. In the first month after its launch, Amazon had sold books in all fifty states and forty-five different countries. It only took a month for them to like take off. And by December of the next year, Amazon had one hundred and eighty thousand registered customers. And by October of nineteen ninety-seven, that number had increased to one million. It was also, I know, it's like an insanely fast-growing company.、Um, it was also in 1997 that Amazon jumped from a private to a public company. Now, I don't know anything about the stock market, but <laughs> I read that Amazon raised 54 million dollars on the Nasdaq exchange. I don't know what that means, but I do know that it is really good. So good for them. <laughs> it's great. Well,、um, everyone, everyone. You know, on Wall Street and elsewhere, saw that Amazon grew so much. So of course,、yeah. once it went public, they were like, "This is going to be huge," and put bought shares in it. So that's、exactly. why it went to exactly, yes.、Yeah. Which also, as a side note, his parents, the money that they invested in the company was also to like hold shares in the company. So they got like millions of dollars back from their、oh, investment, real investment. Yeah, it was an actual investment. They got all that money back. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about my parents. Every time they say they invest in Joshua, oh Inc., stop! <laughs> I'm like, I better get on giving it back. <laughs> Listen, we still got, we still got time. It's okay, Casey. You'll、yeah. get your money back. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> and Larry. <laughs> and Larry. I know. I know. Casey and Larry. <laughs> They're both breadwinners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the same year that they went public,、uh, Bezos's dream of a far-reaching e-commerce site came true, and they expanded into selling computer games and music. 
Now, all of this fast growth was not necessarily easy for the company to accomplish. Facilities would get overwhelmed with requests and needed so much power to operate that there would be system outages, causing products to be delayed while sitting in unoperational facilities. When kitchen appliances started being sold, knives without any protective packaging would be sent down conveyor chutes. So they would, like, knives would just be, like, tumbling down conveyor chutes. I don't know how that works, but uh, the working conditions were apparently not great, which is a theme that will continue <laughs> throughout oh, Amazon's baby. history. Yep. Oh, baby. Yep, which we will absolutely get into. Um, but the company itself seemed to find its footing eventually, and in 1999, Bezos was chosen as Time's Person of the Year. And by the year 2000, Amazon had expanded once again and was selling electronics, software, toys, games, clothes, etc., etc., etc. They sell literally everything. Uh, so throughout the mid-2000s, Amazon launched a number of web services that we don't really have to go into, but all we have to know is that these did and continue to make Amazon the bulk of their income. In 2007, the company launched the first Kindle e-readers, hearkening back to their days at a, as a company that only sold books. So this is just a fun fact. So the Kindle was originally called Fiona in its prototype phase. The name came from a book called The Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson, and it followed the story of an engineer who steals a rare interactive textbook to give to his knowledge-hungry daughter, Fiona. The team working on the Kindle was all in favor of keeping the name. They thought it was a great story, and it sort of represented exactly what the Kindle was. But Bezos ended up going with Kindle because he believed it gave the image of starting a fire. And he may have been right because the Kindle would go on to see great success and ebooks began to quickly outsell traditionally printed books. And they would continue yeah. with that fire theme, wouldn't they? They would. The Amazon <laughs> fire stick. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2006, Amazon launched their video on demand service. It was known as Amazon Unbox, available on TiVo, but eventually it was renamed to Amazon Instant Video. This led into the creation of their very own studio and streaming service with Amazon Studios launching in 2013. Uh, now, probably the portion of Amazon that most of us interact with, Amazon Prime, launched in 2005 at the initial cost of $79 per year. It has since morphed into covering not only free, unlimited two-day shipping, but access to Prime Video, Prime Pantry, Amazon Music, Amazon Photos, Whole Foods Discount, Special Sales, Prime Reading, Same-Day Delivery in some areas, Prime Wardrobe, and Prime Gaming. The current price is $119 per year. So it's gone up $40 since its initial like <laughs> introduction, wow. which is a fair amount, but given that at first it was only for like unlimited free two-day shipping and now it covers all of those things yes i kind of understand it makes sense yeah. when you think about like a netflix subscription yeah you know amazon prime has their own streaming service you can justify the streaming on top of the other services that you're getting exactly exactly um so amazon today has the capabilities to deliver packages via drone and robot proving a commitment to incorporating the latest cutting-edge technology in all facets of their company, as they've kind of always been, like, looking to the future of, like, what's next and what people want. And as part of Bezos's 2018 annual shareholder letter, he announced that the company had surpassed 100 million Amazon Prime subscribers. So Amazon is doing great. Very popular. Wow, 100 million. <laughs> 100 million. 
Uh, as we know it now, Amazon has expanded to a sort of Walt Disney-like presence as far as company ownership goes. Uh, they own large name companies such as Whole Foods, Audible, Twitch, and Zappos, amongst others. Jeff Bezos himself owns the Washington Post. He bought it for $250 million. So he owns the news source, Washington Post, as well as all of their like subsidiary companies. Why is that allowed? I don't know. Why can one <laughs> man purchase a, a source of news? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody owns the New York Times. You know, I just don't know who it is, but yeah, but I'm just saying that that shouldn't be allowed. I know, in general, I know, but uh, it is, and he does, he has it. <laughs> so, oh. um, so Amazon uh, has even recently begun operations at their own airport. They broke ground on an airport in 2019, uh, and today Amazon is the second company ever to reach the one trillion dollar market cap having only been beaten by Apple. And in terms of revenue, Amazon is the biggest internet-based company in the world. So love. that, we, lo we love to see it. We love that. Um, that's the history of Amazon itself as like a company that consumers interact with. I'm going to tell you now about working with Jeff Bezos, uh, <laughs> sort of from like the beginning of the company to what we see now. They have, <laughs> so Amazon has kind of come under fire for almost everything under the sun. I will attach a very long Wikipedia article in the show notes if you would like to check it out. There's way too much to include. A lot of it is like very alarming as to their business practices. But I, we don't have time to talk about all of it. So for our purposes, I'm going to focus on the work environment and like uh, people who work in the warehouse and things like that. So <laughs> according to employee reports from the early days of Amazon, Jeff Bezos didn't really believe in a work-life balance. And he expected employees to work 60-hour weeks at a minimum. I don't know for sure about now, but from everything I've read, my guess would be that this still holds true. <laughs> Uh, in 2002, Bezos introduced the idea of the two pizza teams. This work method grouped employees together in numbers fewer than 10, a.k.a. the perfect number of people for two pizzas to feed. That's where they get the name from. Um, they were expected to work independently from one another and were given strict goals with equations in place to measure their success called fitness functions. Bezos managed these two pizza teams by tracking those goals. He said that communication is a sign of dysfunction. It means people aren't working together in a close, organic way. We should be trying to figure out a way for teams to communicate less with each other, not more. So I think he was trying to say that, like, if you have to communicate, then you don't know each other well to, like, work together organically. I don't agree with that philosophy, but that seems to be what he thought. And uh, employees hated the two pizza team model and the stress that it created. And I don't know if it's still being used today um, because every time I looked it up, all of the websites that showed up were a bunch of like business websites where the articles were entitled like why the two pizza team model works. Like, yeah, it works for like getting work done, <laughs> but does it work for like keeping your employees happy and like not wanting to, you know, do bad things? I don't know. It's been reported that they also employ something called the Anytime Feedback Tool that allows staff to both criticize and compliment their coworkers. It also tracks employee performance against something called Key Performance Indicators, or KPIs, when they are taking care of customer orders, putting pressure on their warehouse staff. Amazon will, like, often deny these claims. They're like, no, we don't do that, but... I, I don't know. There's like written reports that they do. So, but also, wait a sec. I think every company does that. 
where they like track performance. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe a thing, like thing that retail companies. companies do. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm they pretty positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think that's unheard of and also like not a horrible idea. Yeah. It's just like you got to be encouraging and not just like here's you compared to everyone you're really slow. Right, right. Well, and something that I cut because it wasn't like necessarily substantiated is that people claimed that the firing process that Amazon has is automated. So they will, it's like an automated thing that will only take into account your performance and they oh. don't take into account like things in somebody's personal life like if they're having uh you know like money struggles or family issues or if there was a a recent death or something um and so they got a lot of criticism for that but there was a claim from an amazon representative that said we absolutely don't do that so i didn't initially include it because it was like well i don't know if it's proven or not but it seems like people have an issue with the way that they're being tracked like the rate of performance I don't know. Um, Amazon also has a history of being pretty anti-union, although they will say that they are not. In fact, in 2018, a training video was leaked that said, we are not anti-union, but we are not neutral either. We do not believe unions are in the best interest of our customers or shareholders or, most importantly, our associates. That's how to say, like, tell me you're anti-union without telling me you're (laughs) anti-union. Actually, unions are in the best interest of the associates. Of the associates. Exactly. Associates. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, Amazon doesn't think so. Um, And in 2020... Because they're the company. Exactly. Exactly. Who doesn't want the union? Screw you. Exactly. In 2020, it was found that Whole Foods was using a heat map to track which of its stores had the highest levels of pro-union sentiment. Factors included racial diversity, proximity to other unions, poverty levels in the surrounding community, and calls to the National Labor Relations Board were named as contributors to unionization risk. Amazon also had a job listing for an intelligence analyst whose role it would be to identify and tackle threats to Amazon, which included unions and organized labor. So they are staunchly anti-union, even though they say they are not. Yeah. Yep. Um, They've been accused of firing people for their pro-union sentiments, as well as for demanding better working conditions during the pandemic specifically. Although, again, they deny these claims. They say that these people were fired for other reasons. Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So warehouse working conditions have also been the cause for a lot of controversies surrounding the company. The Morning Call, which is a news station out of Pennsylvania, published a verbatim response from Amazon when they were questioned by OSHA about a warehouse that reached a working temperature of 114 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazon said that they handled the heat by providing water and ice treatments, electrolyte drinks, nutrition advice, and breaks in air-conditioned rooms. So the question that comes to my mind is, why don't you just air condition the warehouse? Like, why are you... Because like, it's expensive. Oh, yes, it is expensive. But, like, how how can you justify working conditions where you're like, oh, you get to take a break in an air-conditioned room? Like, that is... Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, especially at 114 degrees. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, it's not even, like, 85. <laughs> right. Like, and they're... It's a trillion-dollar company. Like, you can afford... You can afford air conditioners. Um, which they did finally install in 2012. 
Uh, They started installing cooling systems into their warehouses at a cost of $52 million to the company, which was roughly 8.2% of their earnings for that year. Um, So it was questioned whether or not this investment was made for the benefit of the workers or because Amazon was starting to ship out more food and electronic products and extreme temperatures could affect the product. Uh, So a woman called Sucharita Mulpuru, who is an analyst with Forrester Research, said this about the whole situation. Amazon ships a lot of electronics and food now. It's not good to have that stuff in extreme temperatures. I would like to think that there was an element of humanity to the decision, but there's nothing in Amazon's history or in Jeff Bezos's public persona that would lead me to think that was the driver of the decision. Rarely has Amazon made any business decisions that didn't affect the bottom line. Nice. Yeah. So if that gives you any idea into like the public perception of Jeff Bezos and his company, it's not great. Um, (laughs) It's not a good luck. (laughs) There was also a lot of stuff that I read that, again, I cut for time, but I'm going to say now just (laughs) to include about how Jeff Bezos is like super sarcastic to people at work when he's not happy and that he has like really like emotionally violent outbursts at things like he is just like a really volatile boss and expects like an insane amount of like work and loyalty from his employees so he doesn't have a great reputation but at the end of 2018 amazon announced that it was raising the minimum wage for its workers to 15 dollars per hour The company has still been criticized for its working conditions and grueling pace with workers protesting during Prime Day in July of 2019, Um, which I think also happened in 2020, where people were calling for like a boycott of Amazon Prime Day because of working conditions. Yeah, I can I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it is still ongoing today. Um, And that is everything that's related to Amazon, I thought it would also be useful to cover really quickly uh, a couple of other ventures of Jeff Bezos's because he is so wealthy. Uh, What else is he doing with his money? Let's talk about it. So I can't wait. (laughs) He has a company called Blue Origin, uh, which is for space travel and colonization of space at some point, eventually. Um, So in 2019, he unveiled the Blue Origin Moon Lander, which is meant for minutes-long tourist trips into space to visit the moon. So, I I don't know, eventually people with a lot of money will get to go visit the moon. I want to be that I'm sure we probably can't afford it, Josh, but that would be great one day. Um, He also has... Daddy, Daddy Bezos. (laughs) Daddy, Daddy... Daddy Bezos. Give me, give me a free ticket to the moon. I want a ticket to the moon. Um, I'll do you a favor. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, uh, Bezos's day one fund is another thing that he is working on. It focuses on funding existing nonprofits that help homeless families and creating a network of new nonprofit tier one preschools in low income communities. So the announcement came for this a year after Bezos had asked his Twitter followers how to donate part of his fortune, which I just think if you're a billionaire, why are you asking Twitter? Like, what should I do, guys? What should I do with all this money? I don't know. I just I that makes sense to me because he's like, when you're a billionaire, you Mm -hmm. are so far from what actually people need. Yeah, that is mentally that you need to source Twitter. (laughs) To well, get people yeah, to tell you and how he, to donate your money. He also came under fire um, 
a lot for not being very philanthropic with the amount of money that he has. So I think this was sort of his like attempt to reverse that, as are a couple more of these that I'm going to mention. So he also has the Healthcare Venture, which is a healthcare company uh, that uh, Amazon started for their U.S. employees. Um, he has the Bezos Earth Fund, which committed $10 billion to their initiative. Oh, he committed $10 billion to their initiative to combat the effects of climate change that he has massively contributed to with his company. <laughs> he's not even going to net zero. <laughs> he's not even. Yeah, exactly. But he's trying to work on that, I guess. Um, keep trying. Keep trying. And then I'm not really going to talk too much about his personal life because that's not what we're here for. Uh, and we don't have the time. But I am going to mention this just because it is related to his philanthropic things. Um, so Bezos did publicly cheat on his wife. And when his divorce was finalized, his stake in Amazon was cut from 16% to 12%, putting his stake at around $110 billion. And Mackenzie, his ex-wife who helped start the company, at more than $37 billion. So Mackenzie announced that she had planned to give away at least half of her wealth to charity, and Bezos did not. <laughs> and he has more than her. So did did she give half away? I uh, I'm actually not sure about that, but I think they only got divorced uh in like 2019, or maybe it was finalized in 2020. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. So she still has she still has time to make that happen. I mean. She should, because even cut in half, she's still like a multi-billionaire. So eat the rich. Anyways, uh, (laughs) Jeff Bezos announced that he is stepping aside as CEO after 26 years and will transition to the executive chair of Amazon's board. In 2017, he was named the richest man in the world and has remained at the top of the list ever since with a net worth of $177 billion. Changing daily. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that daily. is Amazon for you. Wow. There there were so many things that I could have included or covered, um, but we did not have the time to go over all of it. <laughs> um, so if you're interested, as always, our sources are in the show notes and you can peruse those to your leisure because there is so much to read and learn about Amazon. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I'm on this tension of, do I want to learn more about your horrible company? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Yes, is the Because I really, like, we talked about some, like, pretty bad, like, working conditions. There are are worse things in Mm. Amazon's long, long, stop. (laughs) In their long list of, like, grievances against Amazon. It's, uh, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Oh, bless. I know. All right, everyone go to Amazon.com and make (laughs) one purchase (laughs) to support Jeff Bezos in his divorce. (laughs) Actually, if you are going to shop at Amazon, which let's be honest, most of us probably still are, you can go to Amazon.smile.com and pick a charity of your choice to donate like part of the cost or like part of the proceeds of your purchase to. That's a lovely way to give back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not much, but not all of us are Jeff Bezos, you know, so you do what you can. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Brie. No problem, Josh. All right, Brie, I'm going to talk about Tencent. Tencent. Ten cents. A dime. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is spelled like ten cent. Ten so. cent. Great. Tell me about it. Yeah, we love it. Okay, so I'm gonna give you the briefest of history. Okay. One because um, I want to get into the juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. Two because uh, there's not a ton of information about Tencent because it is a company based in China, and so mm-hmm. even the information that they have on their stuff, it's not like you can find every detail of where they started and who this guy is who started the company and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like some basic information. Mm -hmm. So it is a China-based tech company, uh, and it was founded in 1998 by Pony Ma and Zhang Jidong. (laughs) Excellent work. (laughs) I have three more. (laughs) (laughs) Xu Shenye, or Chenye. Chen Yidan and Zheng Lixing. <laughs> wow. Honestly, impressive. I Those are probably all it. incorrect. Um, better than I could do. <laughs> I know. But the first two names that I mentioned before I paused uh, were kind of the people that spearheaded this company and were mm-hmm. really kind of drive it to be like, you know, compete with all other leading internet companies because 90s was when things really kind of like bolted forward in terms of like internet innovation kind of stuff yeah um so they were trying to catch up so what i'm really going to be focusing on uh during this presentation is uh, artificial intelligence and data okay um so that's kind of where the company started but uh it wasn't until 2016 where they opened their ai lab with the vision make ai everywhere (laughs) which is a good and a bad thing (laughs) yeah i don't like it uh, currently, uh, their mission is value for users, tech for good. So I okay. think that's their main, Tencent's main mission because they're like a tech company first and foremost. But I think their like AI section is, that's their goal is to make AI everywhere. Um, and they might have changed it a little bit, mm. but I don't know. So, um, how, what does, te- or where does Tencent get all of its money to fund these missions? How? Tell me. Well, the success of its own apps, and this includes QQ, which is a messenger and a gaming app that with very popular games in China. QQ started in 1999, only one year after the company was founded. And originally it was an internet browser thing, just like on a PC, you know, not like an app. (laughs) We weren't that far in cell phones. Yeah. And the Tencent gaming company that went through QQ started in 2003. Today, Tencent Games is the largest video game company. Oh my god. No, wait, like of all of them? Of all of them. <laughs> the, wow. The only company that goes above Tencent is Sony, and it's mm. just because they have other stuff to sell. Yeah, it's not just gaming. It's not just like game like games gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, yeah. So Tencent Games, their revenue is thirteen point nine billion dollars. Just the gaming. <laughs> so you can imagine like this is where they get the majority of their money. That mm. and then on top of that, not only was the gaming super popular, but also they have major stakes in Fortnite, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and League of Legends, which are all like huge super popular yeah. games that people play online yeah uh so it's like wow mm, yeah so <laughs> they're getting a lot of money this company yeah how are they spending that money i don't know tell me artificial intelligence <laughs> uh, no 
some AI features that Tencent uses and works on, as well as many companies, these are all going to sound familiar, of course, are facial and voice recognition, augmented reality, catered ads, easy web searches, data mining, and digital assistance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So all these methods that companies are using to improve and make our lives quote unquote easier, you know, like they data mine so that they can give you like better things like the for you page on TikTok. They, yep. they find out what you've liked so they can start giving you videos that you like. So sometimes it's beneficial because TikTok sucks until your for you page is <laughs> catered that to. That is true. Yeah. But they're also making a lot of money off of these kind of features as well. Mm-hmm. So they're getting revenue from the other apps that they have mm-hmm. and also from the gaming. And so that's why there's such like a popular tech company in China. And not a lot of people know the name, but they know everything else that yeah. like, is attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, I only know the name because you told me about this like a year ago, but I have yeah. forgotten. <laughs> I have forgotten the majority of what you told me. <laughs> so well, this, this is, is a great refresher for me, but I, I wouldn't have known the company name except for the fact yeah. that you told me. Yeah. And and two, what we have to understand about China specifically is that like another thing that makes us popular is that China has the biggest population. Mm-hmm. So anything that is made in China is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. So on top of it being this big thing, it's also big because it started in China, not in the United yeah. States, where even 300 million people aren't going to use it. Right. Speaking of data mining and TikTok, <laughs> really <Yes>. quick. <laughs> so I, I had to double check, but I just remembered this, that like a couple days ago, I was talking to some friends of ours about how some wines are not vegan because I had picked up a wine and the label said that it was vegan. And I was like, that's weird. Why is wine not vegan? And I looked it up on Google and I was like, oh, because some wines use like animal parts to filter out the wine and then blah, 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 blah. And like the next day I got a TikTok not even like ads or anything, a TikTok that was like an a skit that this girl put together about like, oh, I'm vegan. So like, I don't eat that. But like, yes, I'll have my my wine. And the other girl in the skit is like, well, actually, did you know that not all wines are vegan? And it was like, I would have never gotten that video on my For You page before unless I had Googled this one thing. And it was the most blatant example of data mining that I have ever seen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I know we can't really get into it, but it is fascinating how certain apps and other things can send information to other apps. Another thing that I like shared with Brie and Jax last year that I was obsessed with Mm -hmm. was Facebook taking your information. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one that shocked me the most was that Venmo can send information to Facebook. Yes, which is insane. Whenever you use the app. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) It's wild. Like how, how, where are the laws? Oh, I hate it. I hate data mining so much. Okay, probably the most, let's get back to Tencent. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the most important demonstration through Tencent of all of this, like data mining and like all these AI assistant things is through the app called WeChat, mm-hmm. which is, that's the American name or the English the, name. Yeah. <laughs> but it is uh, Wei Sing and it is, uh, WeChat is what it sounds like. It's China's mm-hmm. instant messenger, mm-hmm. but it's actually so much more than that. It's also a social media platform. It contains games itself, just like QQ, uh, and news, which Mm -hmm. is something that should be thought about, just like (laughs) Facebook. When you think about people sharing Facebook news, it's like, mm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. WeChat is also a dating app, and you can also pay using WeChat. So it's literally Venmo, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, it's everything. um, 
Yeah, it's it everything is in the one. moment. She, <laughs> yes, WeChat is the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and interesting too about the pay method and the popularity in China for WeChat is that people are adopting it now and it is becoming more popular that everyone has Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. But WeChat Pay is way more popular in China. And mm-hmm. even like you can be in a backyard barbecue, like street food person. And <laughs> <laughs> you can be in a backyard barbecue street food person. <laughs> I don't discriminate. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and <laughs> I said what I said. They'll have WeChat Pay. Wow. So yeah, and they just get they have like little QR codes on like mm. a piece of paper on a thing. So and this has been happening for years there. So you know, while we are starting to adapt, they have they've had that. Yeah. An app for everything. And it has over one billion users. <laughs> so That's a lot of users. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to have it when you go over to China, right? Yeah, to be able to communicate to be, with yeah, like the like... stage manager and exactly. all that stuff. So I kind of said this a little bit earlier, but because like that 1 billion is surprising, but it's not because of how many people exist just in China, like 1.1 billion or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it does, it makes sense that like everyone there, if, if, if it's the, you know, the app that people use because Facebook and Google are banned in China. So they don't have Facebook or Google, though I will say this, that a lot of people have VPNs that they then have a Facebook Yes. Or an Instagram. Yes. But still, like a lot of them are, the easy thing to do is just get WeChat. And if it's one app for everything, it's like indispensable. It's like a smartphone, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about why this vision, make AI everywhere, (laughs) is so successful in this (laughs) app. (laughs) I don't know. Tell me. Well, ever since uh, Xi Jinping took office as General Secretary of the Communist Party in 2012, Mm. um, (laughs) when we were just graduating high school. Yeah. (laughs) And he's also president of the People's Republic of China. So multiple leadership roles. He's like the head honcho. It has been proven that censorship has been implemented more strictly. Mm. And part of this method uh, is that severing ties with Google and Facebook and stuff like that and making them not allowed Mm -hmm. within the country because then everyone uses your app that you can have control over. Just saying. So they've cornered their own market (laughs) and WeChat is the dominant app that people have. Here are some of the things that have been proven through WeChat. An example of AI being everywhere is being tested in Shanghai using cameras. Drivers can be ticketed after a traffic violation occurs because they can get a ticket sent to them through WeChat. Oh (laughs) my god. This is just being pioneered in big cities, but still. (laughs) We have traffic cameras, but it's not like you don't get it through an app. You get like a paper... Like letter, right? About this your is like one violation. step further. Yeah, <laughs> a report was done by the Independent and with the South China Post that Shenzhen is using facial recognition software in CCTV cameras to publicly shame jaywalkers. <laughs> oh my! They don't have anything better to do. <laughs> so what will happen here is that uh, not only will they get tickets sent through WeChat, 
But also, they in a couple locations, they have monitors where they'll post your picture that they just took of you jaywalking. Oh, my God. Truly shaming. I hate I hate it. I hate it. So that's facial recognition AI being used. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, a report was done by the BBC by a man named Stephen McDonnell, in which he took some pictures of a candlelight vigil held in Hong Kong, which is separate from China. Mm-hmm. I think, I can't remember at this point if, because they were, China was trying to, you know. Take it back. Uh, take it back. Yeah. But I don't know if they were successful in that. I didn't look that up actually now that I think about it. But this uh, vigil was to honor the 30th year anniversary when the People's Liberation Army opened fire on pro-democracy protesters. What happened was he posted these pictures to WeChat, no caption, nothing. And he got banned from the app. And when he got an email or whatever telling him why he was banned, it was because he was suspected of spreading malicious rumors. Wow. <laughs> because malicious the People's Liberation rumors. Army. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah. So that's happening. Come on, government surveillance. All that. <laughs> All this is very, por- very important because... Data is being collected in these apps, mm-hmm. and it's something that should we, we should be thinking about um, mm-hmm. because not only is data the future currency, but it's also like something that's currently happening to us as well. Yeah, and we're pretty well. People are pretty well aware of it now that Facebook and Google are making things. You know, yeah, yeah. Even something like TikTok. Not to bring it to, back to that, but TikTok is an app that was created by a Chinese company. And my right. my brother works in tech, and I have TikTok, and my sister has TikTok, and my brother is like, get rid of that on your phone. They are mining so much of your data, and because it's based in China, they there's no like regulations on like what they can and cannot take from your right. information. Um, but it's so funny. So <laughs> it's funny because it's a little like, you know, Trump banned or tried to do an executive order to ban TikTok. Yeah. He also, during that time, and this wasn't as popular, obviously, but at that same time, he tried to do an executive order to ban or ban WeChat from mm. the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exact same time last fall. And it was unsuccessful, mm-hmm. as we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are currently on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but where is the executive order to ban Facebook? Right. I think there's this fear that because it's China, because mm-hmm. it's overseas and we don't have control of their government, which is the key word control, we don't have it. Right. Um, we're worried that they're taking our data when our data is being it's used. It's already being taken. By things here. And, you yeah. know, there's comfort in just accepting that your data is being sold. Yeah, I know. I got um, I got a TikTok for <laughs> vegan wine. I know. <laughs> Here's here's the most fascinating part to me about all of this is that China is currently making more strict laws about data mining than the United States. This is breaking news. It's currently happening right now. They did a first draft in January of 2021, mm-hmm. and they just released the second draft last month in mm-hmm. April. I'm of honestly these laws. not that surprised. I feel like when it comes to the am. government, China at least is like. It's like China is like being honest about what they're doing and the US is like no yeah. we're better than that but they're not and they are secretly exactly the same. Yeah. That's and how the difference, I feel. 
The difference is like there's like a singularity in China that is controlling everything. Right. In the United States, all these companies are very separate from the government. But they're all doing is, the same thing. But they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's like scary because the government's like, ooh, we don't have a lot of regulation over Facebook. But then every time Facebook is fought against, they are able to kind of breeze over it because yeah. they have so much money. Mm-hmm. And they they talk, they'd say how upfront they are on their um little information thing that you mm-hmm. accept yep, and all, all that kind of stuff. So I just yeah. think it's so crazy that China right now is like rolling these very strict um, privacy laws that the United States does not have yet mm-hmm. in terms of like overall um, privacy. There are some privacy laws, yeah, but it, like one that kind of covers these bases does not exist. This is something really interesting in these privacy laws. Mm-hmm. For example, the WeChat company needs to have a committee of people that will oversee the regulation of the app, and that committee cannot be part of the WeChat company. It has Mm. to be outsourced, which is so smart and should be everywhere because we know the old Facebook overlords (laughs) is a small group. Ye old Facebook. (laughs) Of people that are employees with Facebook. Yep. Um, so all in all, we don't know everything going on everywhere, but we know a lot of things going on in a lot of these companies. And we don't know if Facebook and Google are going to take over the world and steal all of our data, but they already Probably. are. <laughs> <laughs> they already have. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is a robot, so, you know, AI yeah, has already won. Gecko or whatever. <laughs> gecko? A lizard a person? Lizard. A lizard person. <laughs> lizard no, man. I like Gecko. Gecko. He's a gecko. <laughs> you heard it here. Mark Zuckerberg yeah. owns Gecko. Also, like, yeah, the companies of ours <laughs> are not connected to the government, but the Tencent is pretty, like, in connected with the, the Chinese Communist Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, in For the occasion of the 19th National... This is from Wikipedia. I'm reading it word for word. <laughs> National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, Tencent released a mobile game titled Clap for Xi Jinping. An awesome speech. (laughs) An awesome speech? Is the subtitle, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, in which players would have 19 seconds to generate as many claps as possible for the party leader. No! (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Okay. Oh, and one more. This is more important. In a December 2020 article in Foreign Policy just this past year, a former senior official of the CIA stated that the CIA concluded that Tencent received funding from the Ministry of State Security early on in its foundation. So one of the things about the birth of this company that I didn't mention in the history because I spent no time talking about the history (laughs) was that it made no revenue for the first three years. Oh, wow. It was getting funding from private investors. Turns out one of those, according to the CIA, Mm -hmm. one of those private investors was the Ministry of State. (laughs) The Ministry Ministry of Magic. You heard it here first. Okay. I knew JK Rowling, man. She's she's, she's a got communist. A lot. She's not more things against her. Oh, um, but yeah, there was a seed uh, investment is what they called it to wow. uh, help build this company. So yeah. So for the first three years, it didn't have any revenue. Um, and then what happened was it started gaining, I forget what it's called, but when you pay for something within an, a free app, there's like a, like a boost. purchase. <laughs> 
Yeah, an in-app purchase. There's a name for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they gained a lot of their revenue from that in the QQ app because the popular QQ uh, thing was like a penguin. And so they started selling penguin merch. And mm. you could buy accessories for your penguin. And also you could buy these other things within other games. And so that's how they made all of their money. And then yeah. they started gaining revenue in the early 2000s when they started doing all that. So. Wow. That's just a little side note about that because I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like no one's good. You know, there's complications everywhere. Privately owned corporations are not great. Mm -hmm. But government owned corporations are not great either. Capitalism sucks and so does the government. There's no winning. Everything sucks. Nothing is great. (laughs) Except for this podcast at Thingamabob. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is uh, fascinating and terrifying. Yeah. Thanks. I don't know, though, because <laughs> I'm, like, not too terrified because it's already happening and it's already too late. So, like... I know. Mm, I think if we can get, like, privacy laws put into place, that yeah. would be nice. Well, wasn't there wasn't there something that you told me last May about how they're using facial recognition to do that thing that they were doing in Black Mirror where they're giving you, like, a social score? And then, like, uh, certain things are only... Like, you're yeah. only allowed to do certain things if you have a good social score. I forgot about that. That was either being... This is a this is a true fact. It was mm-hmm. either being used only in a couple cities or it was being tested. Right, but a, it was... To be a possibility in the future. Was like, it was happening actually, somewhere. They were trying to. Yeah, it, yeah, even if, as a at test. At the base, yeah. They were trying to. Which is to. just... Oh, I have such a problem with that morally. I hate yeah, that. That's what 100%. that's why AI scares me because that is the direction that it's going where we watch something like Black Mirror and we're like wow, how crazy. But really the whole point is that it's tech that's like not that far away and AI that's not that far away and if it like fell to the wrong hands, things like that could be implemented and I don't know. It's yeah, very well, scare- it's very conspiracy theorist of me, but but it's, it's not scary. though because if you think about it the scariest part about that specifically is that we're still a like racist leaning or racial pre- prejudice mm-hmm. leaning racially society. biased leaning society society yeah uh and so if that happens and it's made by humans it can start mm-hmm. to make certain decisions in the beginning mm-hmm. where cuz sometimes what happens is that there are a couple different things ai can make itself mm-hmm. or humans can make ai and help improve it by feeding it data that mm-hmm. already exists on the internet so think about how much racial data is out there on the mm-hmm. internet. It's not going to be a biased AI. It's yeah. going to look at all that stuff and be like, ah, oh, there are more black people in prison. So that makes sense. Right. Um, you want to know a fun fact that I cut out of my Amazon content? Yes. They created a software, and I've deleted it now because I wasn't going to talk about it. So I don't remember what the software was for, if it was for hiring or if it was for like internal reviewing of performance or something like that but they had an ai software that they were using for something that they then found out had a racial bias and so they pulled it and stopped using it see yeah that's yeah. that's what happens when this stuff is feeded the data that already exists mm-hmm. but of course like it's not going to be as good if it's fed nothing because how will it know our speech? How can right. voice recognition exist without it learning all, everyone's speech? And so it's just so complicated and it's too early, but it's not too early because it's right. coming and it's coming very fast. And it is speculated that in our lifetime, by 2050, this is what mm-hmm. most people say by 2050, 
that we will have a very strong version of a super intelligence. I I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be 300 years from now. It could be 2050. But I think people keep, right. as we start advancing more, like, quickly, people think it gets earlier and earlier. And they're kind yeah. of like, it's just going to take off where, this is a whole nother topic. <laughs> it's just going to explode. It's yeah. called, what is it called? I don't know. What do they call it? It's like the Big Bang. What do they call that? Implode? Explode? Maybe it's just called an intelligence explosion. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a name for it. Where Certainly not happening here. Because because the internet works at an exponential rate faster mm-hmm. than any human can think, mm-hmm. they are going to be... Once, once it does start to happen, where it starts to figure it out, it's going to happen so fast that we're not going to be able to regulate it. Yeah. And so... Yep. We better Probably. start thinking at least a little early. Anyway. Anyways. Um, <laughs> we could go was, on and on about <laughs> this and the scary desk. I know. It's fascinating. Yeah, because also really, it's, really, yeah. it's really good for us to have. Because if you think about it, I just want to say this too, because I hate qualifying and saying AI is bad. There <laughs> are situations in which like if you were um, a hospital, uh, artificial intelligence could make better decisions than doctors because mm-hmm. they'll have access to and see this is another thing it's it's access to data mm-hmm. if they have access to everyone's data then they know that this small little thing that they see in yours matches this person in you know some other country mm-hmm. and they can quickly decide in like the matter of seconds that you need this surgery whereas a doctor might be like mm, i think it's this there's just too hum- too much human error yeah so and there are really good things that are going to come out yeah. of artificial intelligence. It's just that there are also a lot of That's bad. That's true. I know. I just don't trust it. But you're right. I know. I just want to make sure like right. in front of our listeners that it's good to mention the good things of artificial intelligence, not <laughs> yeah, just be in front like, of our listeners. In front of our listeners. <laughs> not just be like AI is bad because I don't think that. I think AI is good. Yeah. I yeah. don't want straight TikTok on my TikTok. <laughs> okay. I well, want them to decide. Well, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> No, ew, I don't want those 15-year-old boy POVs. Ew, yeah, those are gross and I don't get them. But anyways. (laughs) And I'm glad that's where we ended. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that. uh, What's the word I'm trying to, I don't know. Thanks for that conversation, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I'm just trying to qualify. (laughs) It was great. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. If you have any theme suggestions for us, send them over to thingamabobpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Thingamabob Podcast or on Twitter at Thingamabob Pod. While you're there, give us a follow and please subscribe to our show on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Please leave us a review. It really helps us show up on the iTunes charts and new and recommended pages. And make sure to join us next week where we go dress shopping at Mr. Pinky's Hefty Hideaway. <laughs> And thank you so much for joining us because now we are all two things smarter. <laughs>